especially from the what happened during COVID, um, it became increasingly more important. We, you know, the deaf community have been petitioning for services for a long time. And I think people are well-intentioned, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, and we're also in the process of working with global organizations who have these measures in place already. I think we we struggle with issues such as Wi-Fi connectivity, lack of awareness, and those are all things that we're seeking to change through our organization. But what do you think needs to be done to address these challenges? Primarily, it's awareness, so it's getting out there. A lot of, a lot of companies still don't know that we exist and the services um, that we provide. Um, and it's also, I think people feel like the deaf community, because they're so um, marginalized, they're a linguistic minority group, they maybe feel there aren't enough deaf people to warrant a service such as this. Um, deaf people are mainly unseen. You know, if, if you walk past a deaf person, you wouldn't know, whereas with other disability groups, the disability might be more obvious. Now, as the deaf community, apparently many incidents of gender-based violence against this community go unreported. Um, so yes. why is that? Communication is certainly the biggest challenge. So if you think about a deaf person who has been a victim of gender-based violence or they've had trauma happen to them, and, and this is across the board, it's not just for deaf people, there's often a sense of shame that accompanies that. So now you have to tell somebody who you can communicate in sign language with, and that might often be the perpetrator in many instances. So you're a deaf woman at home, you're married or not married, you're living with a partner, you have to go to the police station and now report. So linguistically... Um, literacy levels of deaf people are traditionally low because of schooling, poor schooling, and because of the fact that deaf people are often identified um, late as being deaf. So screening at hospitals is not routine for um, deaf babies, and so they might be identified as late as five, six, seven years old, and so they're playing catch-up the rest of their lives. They go to a police station... They're writing their statement um, in a way that's maybe not comprehensible necessarily to people. And again, you're already in a state of trauma. Now you've got people that don't understand you. And we've had incidences where our deaf staff have been to police stations for simple things like, um, you know, wanting to get verification or certification on documents. And, and the police don't understand them. Um, we have trained certain um, police stations, Department of Health and Western Cape have been excellent as well. But it's just, you know, we're grateful for opportunities like this where we can raise awareness and can say to people the need is massive. You know, we are just touching the, the tip of the iceberg here. There are many, many institutions, services primarily, that's what we need to get to. Um, and then filtering down from there, even to companies, how accessible are you making your um, marketing and communications materials to deaf people? Yes. Um, 
again, back to what you were saying about GDV, partnering with organizations like the NEMA Foundation to raise awareness. NEMA have been excellent in providing sign language interpreters to those who have been victims of abuse, been victims of GBV, have trauma, need even basic counselling. They just need somebody to talk to. Yes. I think our basic need as humans is we desire human connection. We want to Correct. be seen. We want to be heard. Thank you um, so much. And even simple things, we need they need an interpreter to be able to communicate that. And we have amazing services out there. Yes. We need the provision of SASL interpreters who can communicate in their language.